Welcome to Iowa Nature Notes, your link to the outdoors podcast, brought to you by the staff at Lake Iowa Nature Center and Iowa County Conservation. I am Mary, and I am the naturalist here. I'm Cecilia, and I am the new ranger naturalist. Yeah, and you know what, Celia, we really want to welcome you here. Um, We're just going to do a little intro, um, or I'm going to let Cecilia kind of introduce herself and tell tell, um, a little bit about herself here. Um, But we want to welcome you here to Iowa County Conservation. We're really excited to have you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, some of you will see me around. I am Cecilia Hagen. I have bright red hair, not the beard, the hair. <laughs> um, I'm from Victor. I went to HLV, and then I moved on to the University of Iowa. Uh, that's when I kind of started here as a seasonal. I worked here at the lake for four summers and then one winter. And going through college, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do when I grew up but natural resources always kind of called to me. I kind of accidentally stumbled into the Geographical and Sustainability Sciences Department, and that's more of the GIS stuff, like making maps, uh, making data more usable and readable. So I did that with a uh, sustainability kind of twist on it. Okay. Emphasis. Neat. Um, After graduating, I worked for the Benton County Secondary Roads in their IRVM department, which is Integrated Roadside Vegetation Management. Kind of got a different view of conservation from what I had gotten as a seasonal here. Okay. Then I went to the NRCS for a short time and learned about what the Natural Resource Conservation Service does, helping farmers to implement conservation practices in their own farms. So that was different, Mm -hmm. and then it was good to kind of come back home and start being the ranger naturalist that I've always wanted to be. When I'm not here, um, you can find me riding my horse, Sam, taking care of my pets. I have a dog, Dundee, two guinea pigs, Ginger and Cilantro. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) They're sassy. Uh, I also love cooking, so if you see me out and about, Feel free to stop me and ask some questions. Um, I'm a pretty nice person, and I love to help out where I can out in the park. So I look forward to seeing you all out there. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for introducing yourself, um, Cecilia, and we're, again, really excited to have you. I'm especially excited to have someone, another naturalist person to work with. Um, we definitely get busy with programs and it's gonna be nice to have another person to, to work with, so welcome. Um, so um, it is almost mid-August now um, and it is getting to be peak monarch time, peak monarch season. And if anyone knows me, um, they know that I am just crazy about monarch butterflies and caterpillars, and I love raising them and teaching about them. Um, so I thought we would talk a little bit about monarch butterflies and caterpillars and everything about them today. Um, Cecilia has some questions because she knows a little bit. Um, I'm just teaching her some of what I know about them, but she has she's curious and has some questions for me. So. Right. So we'll start with, I always hear monarch, monarch, monarch. So why Mm -hmm. are monarchs important? Well, 
Um, a few reasons. So monarchs, I, for me, I think are they're that that butterfly that um, is you know a bright color. They're they're beautiful. Um, they're kind of the 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 butterfly that everyone knows. Um, and one of the really neat things, and some people might not know this, is that they are one of the only um, butterflies that will actually migrate. There are a few others, but um, one of only insects that actually migrates. And they actually will migrate from here in Iowa, even north of us, all the way down to south central Mexico. And from here, that's over 2,000 miles. So I think that in itself is just an amazing thing for such a small delicate fragile insect to be able to survive that journey it takes them about two months to get down there oh wow so, i didn't realize yeah. it's that far yeah um and also being a pollinator um like our bees and beetles and wasps and flies and things like that and other butterflies and moths um they're a really important species that species to have they're a good indicator species on the health of your habitat too so and they help pollinate flowers and all different kinds of things so yeah. okay so that's why monarchs are important mm -hmm. so what gives with the milkweed why are you always pushing milkweeds yes milkweed um without milkweed we would not have monarchs um so the adult butterfly can drink nectar from any type of flower. It doesn't matter if it's an annual or a perennial or um, a native species or a non-native species, they can drink nectar and find food from any type of flower. But without milkweed, um, they wouldn't be, uh, milkweed serves as the host plant for the monarch butterfly. So the adults will lay the eggs on any type of milkweed plant. And we have several species here in Iowa. Um, they'll lay their egg there. The egg will hatch and the caterpillar will actually eat the leaves and the stems and the uh, flowers if they have any. And it's the only thing that milkweed is the only thing that monarch caterpillars can eat. So without that milkweed plant, the adult could not lay the egg on there and the caterpillars wouldn't have any food. So no milkweed, no monarchs. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah. So how long do monarchs live? That's a good question, and there's two different answers for that one. So I'm gonna start with going through the life cycle of the monarch, um, and then um, have a little, a little different answer at the end too for some of them. So um, once an adult monarch will lay the egg on a milkweed plant, it takes about four or five days for that egg to hatch. And when, after the egg hatches, um, it, will then be a caterpillar, of course, that's the next stage in the life cycle. And they start out very, very small. The egg is about the size of, if you cut a grain of rice in half, that's about how, how big it is. And the caterpillars are really small. They will immediately start to um, eat the milkweed leaf, just a little at first when they're small, but much more when they get larger. Um, and so they'll go through um, their caterpillar stages, their instars, which are, as they eat the milkweed leaf, they grow, they shed their skin, um, and they're a little bit larger. So that takes about two weeks from the first instar to the fifth one where they start out, you know, very, very tiny, and then they grow to about two inches long at the largest. Um, 
at that point, that's when they form their chrysalis or in their pupal stage. So they um, are in that chrysalis changing from a caterpillar to a butterfly for about 10 to 12 days. Um, and then they emerge a, an adult butterfly. So some monarchs from egg to adult and um, as they live in an adult, they can live about you know two and a half or three months. Um, but those my, uh, monarchs that will migrate down to Mexico can live six to eight months um, because they're taking that long journey down to Mexico. They will overwinter for a few months down there and then they will actually migrate back up into about the Texas area, you know, and they will find a mate, they will mate, and the females will lay eggs on milkweed, and then they'll die. Um, so that fall generation can live six to eight months. All of the other earlier generations um, live two and a half to about three months. And so a, a kind of a neat fun fact about that, the monarchs that are migrating down this fall or that will be migrating down this fall, their great-grandchildren will actually make it back up here to Iowa um, next summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Hmm. So why do monarchs have the distinct orange and black pattern? So um, <clears throat> for monarch butterflies or for some animals, um, nature kind of gives them sometimes some warning colors and the monarch caterpillars and the butterflies are actually poisonous um, to other insects or to birds that might want to eat them and they become poisonous by eating the milkweed. The sap that's inside the milkweed um, contains a chemical called tannins. It, it's really bitter, it tastes really bad, but it's also poisonous. And when I say poisonous, I don't mean that an animal would die if it ate a monarch caterpillar or a butterfly, but it would get sick. It might throw up, it might foam at the mouth. Um, and it, they actually learn, birds and other insects learn that I don't want to eat this, um, you know, this caterpillar and I don't want to eat this butterfly because of that. So um, those, the orange and black and white pattern of the um, adult butterfly's wings um, kind of, it's a, a bright, especially the orange, a bright color, it serves as a warning for that. And then the caterpillars have that distinctive yellow and white and black striping. Um, so again, bright colors, uh, kind of a, a distinct pattern that serves as a warning um, for, for other animals and insects that might want to eat them. I see. So, yeah. Hmm. Can monarchs fly when it rains? That is a great question. So um, I would say if it is, um, Lightly raining, maybe they might flutter about, but if it's if it's heavily raining, if it's a downpour, just like other insects and birds, they know that they need to go seek cover. So they might seek cover in a big, you know, maple or, or oak tree underneath the leaves um, in the canopy. Um, they might find a shrub or a bush or some big flowers, um, or even underneath a porch or you know some place where they can get up um, and out of the the rain. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. So now I love monarchs. So what can I do to help? Oh gosh, there's lots of things that you can do <laughs> to help. Um, and you know, some people do do a lot of these things already, and they don't even really know it. So um, to help um, monarchs out the greatest, um, plant milkweed. Um, there are many different kinds of milkweed out there here in Iowa. 
We have common milkweed, which is, you know, about at its tallest, about four feet tall. They have those big rounded oval leaves. They have a really good smelling flower in the spring and um, early summertime. Um, and that, that's the milkweed you, that you can find in the ditches sometimes. Uh, but people put it in their landscaping too. Um, there's also a, another smaller milkweed called butterfly milkweed, and that's the one that some, a lot of people actually have in their gardens because it has that bright orange flower. It's usually much shorter, and it's more bushy and shrubby, and it's, so it's a really um, nice um, in a more formal uh, garden-type setting. Um, and then there's another milkweed called swamp milkweed. It likes to have wet feet, so if you have a yard that maybe gets a... a around a pond or or something like that um, and that's a little bit taller um, it has long skinny leaves but um, those are three um, types of milkweed that grow really great here they're all native um, here to Iowa um, they do well in our climate so that's probably the most important and the best thing because again if you don't have that milkweed you won't have the caterpillars that grow um, into butterflies um, but you can also just plant um, trees and shrubs and flowers that produce nectar, um, that are high produce, nectar producing um, for those adults, um, just to get them through when they're migrating up or when they're migrating back, because um, if they don't have food, then they, they don't have enough energy and they can't kind of uh, come through the area. You can also put out a bird bath, or um, you, maybe you've seen smaller, um, it's like a bird bath, but it's for insects. So it's a shallow pan. You put they put stones and pebbles in there, and that's not only good for butterflies, but that's also good for um, other pollinators like bees and um, wasps and flies and, and different things, beetles, things like that. So um, planting milkweed definitely the most important. Putting nectar sources out there is really great too, and putting water sources out there um, and and um, one other thing that just popped into my head so um you've probably maybe heard of or seen um, butterfly houses um, which are pretty just simple structures you can either put a brush pile like a pile of sticks out in some part of your yard um, that provides habitat for pollinators um, not only butterflies or if you want a more formal looking thing um, they do actually make butterfly houses so usually they're pretty long and they have little thin slats so the butterflies can go in at nighttime especially um, and seek shelter and be safe in there at night and then come back out and move about in during the daytime so um, those are things that you can plant or put in your yard but an, another kind of really important thing is not to use harmful chemicals pesticides and herbicides um, on your lawn um, in your yard or, or anywhere on your property um, because those things will kill um, kill monarchs and kill lots of other beneficial pollinators and insects which are essential um, out in the environment so okay yeah. wonderful is that all the questions you have for me about that monarchs answers all my questions wonderful well thanks for asking me I just I love sharing about monarchs too um, before we're we're finished here today. I wanted to talk about a few upcoming events that we're going to be having here at Lake Iowa Park. Um, coming up in September, um, we're having our first annual Pollinator Festival. Um, that is going to be Saturday, September 15th, and we're gonna have events starting at 10 a.m. 
and they're going to be going all day. So we're going to have um, lots of fun kids crafts and activities. We're going to have food vendors, um, honey producers here. We're going to be having presentations on monarch butterflies, on beekeeping, um, how to use beeswax to make body care products. Um, and we're also going to be having live music. Um, just a lot of fun um, things so you can learn more about pollinators and um, it'll be fun for the whole family. So bring the whole family out that day um, to join us. And then also our annual um, creepy camping weekend. Yes, we are still having creepy camping. If you've heard that we're not, that is not true. This year, it is going to be October 5th and 6th. Um, there is gonna be a change in the format of some of the activities that we're going to do, um, but we're still gonna have the trick-or-treating and the dressing up in costumes. Um, we're not gonna have the Haunted Hayrek ride, but we are adding a few other nighttime events um, that are all fun for the family. So um, come out and join us for Creepy Camping Weekend, October 5th and 6th also. So um, we wanna thank you very much um, for joining us today to meet Cecilia and also to learn a little bit more about monarch butterflies. Uh, we hope to see you at some of our upcoming events. Um, and if you have any questions for us or have suggestions for a future podcast topic, um, like our um, page, um, check out our Facebook page and make suggestions there. Or you can like our CastBox page, Iowa Nature Notes, your link to the outdoors and make suggestions there. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.